And today on this Easter uh, time, uh, this wonderful time of, uh, of a celebration for Christ arising, uh, we, we will be continuing with the tracks upon the mountain of transfiguration, and we are into part, part five. So, I want to, uh, before I just get right into the, the message, I want to share a little prelude here of <clears throat> some things that the Lord was sort of speaking to me during the week that I should share with uh, the audience. <clears throat> um, in, the, in the book of Psalms, 1843, I found a very, very interesting scripture. And it says, Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. And when I read that, I was just, ah, I was just caught up with that word because I thought, oh my God, that's the world. That's both the religious world, the Christian world. That's, that's the world. That's the world that's even outside of religion. They're all, they're all caught up with striving. And, uh, and of course, um, sadly, a lot of Christian people, a large number of Christian people, are caught up as with the rest of the world in striving. And, and you know, David said, uh, you have delivered me, God, from the striving of the people. And I just pray for all of you persons who are listening to this word today and will be listening to the recorded messages, that you will ask God to give you that gift. Uh, it's a gift of peace. That, that you do not become affected, that you do not become disturbed, that you do not become, um, you know, distressed uh, with, with all kinds of, of perversions of, of the Word of God uh, by becoming, uh, you know, a striver. Uh, people that are striving because they're, they're afraid, they have fear, they don't know what's going to happen. They're afraid of what might happen. And they're striving with their thoughts. They're striving with 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 uh, who they should believe, who should they should not believe. They're confused. Uh, they're just lost in the rhetorics of so many different people that are saying so many different things. And so uh, I want you to be able to say one day, uh, thou hast delivered me, God, from the strivings of the people. And then <clears throat> the next thing I, I found in Psalms that was just really neat, Psalms 19, uh, 13, it says, it spoke about presumptuous sins. Uh, you know, um, it says to let, not let, not let or not allow presumptuous uh, things to, or presumption to have dominion over you. I think that this is a prevalent thing today where people are, are making uh, uh, presumptuous uh, notions. They are presuming things to be a certain way, but they really don't have the facts. They really don't have the black and white of the story. They really don't have the forensic details. And they're listening to other people, and then based on what these other people are saying, uh, uh, whether it be religious or, or news media or uh, whatever, uh, they are presuming that things are actually a fact to be that way. And, uh, you know, that is so sad. That is so very, very sad, and it is not a thing that pleases God, and it is called presumptuous sins. They're the people that make pre presumptions and, and that are presuming things uh, not based on 
what is true, what is real, what is the Word of God, but based on just presumptions uh, from hearing other people, uh, you know, give their rhetoric and then believing that rhetoric without ever getting the Holy Spirit of God, uh, you know, witness to it. <clears throat> so uh, I think that these things, uh, God, God wants you to, uh, to, to, to overcome them, and uh, he wants you to own your uprighteousness and to be innocent uh, from the great transgression that uh, presumption is. And I think that uh, if you ever want to fulfill Psalms 36, 9, uh, that if you do that, then you'll be able to, because it speaks about the fountain of life in God's light, we will see light. So how are people going to really see the truth? You're going to see the truth when you are in the light, when you are focused in the light. By light, you will see the light, not by some uh, something that's full of darkness and, and questionable, questionable things, but, but you, will, you will see it, you know, uh, by, by the light. And then finally, one last little thought here on this, because it's, uh, it's so, uh, uh, you know, well, maybe there's two thoughts here. But one of them says, cease from anger and rest in the Lord, Psalms 36, 7 through 8. And that is what God is speaking to his people. He says, it's time for you to cease from your anger. It's time for you to, you to rest in the Lord and trust in the Lord, uh, you know, because God wants to deliver you from the striving of the people. And it's time to do what Psalms 36, 4 says, delight in the Lord. And then <clears throat> I want to to start off this message today, and I think this is a, a really interesting scripture, and uh, just, just a minute here, I had to do a sneeze. Um, I think this is very interesting. Uh, after David had passed on, David the king, and um, <clears throat> there's several of his sons had come forth and become kings, and some actually were very wicked. And there were some that were, you know, on the good side. And um, uh, one of them uh, at eight years old was Josiah and said that he, he was a good person. And he was under tutorship, of course. But then he really, his thing was that he really wanted to to restore, uh, he really wanted to restore the, the word of the Lord. And uh, he uh, he wanted to restore the, the law, the way things were supposed to be. And um, so... I guess once that this was the case, um, and it was it was understood by the high priest who were really, uh, you know, caught up with the uh, the the good spirit of Josiah, uh, that um, uh, the the priest uh, by the name of he was a high priest in fact by the name of uh, Helkiah uh, came to Joseph and he had these scrolls in his hand, and he says. I have found and discovered this lost book of Moses. A lost book of Moses? Lost? Where was it lost at? He, he went into these scrolls, and somehow in these scrolls, and who knows where, that he found it. But he says, I have found this lost book of Moses. And there had been so much disparity and so much evil and so much... Um, disconjunction uh, from the plan and the word of God. And of course, uh, uh, Josiah wanted to hear this. I wanted to hear this book right away. So, you know, they began to read it and get into it. And, and, and it was the book of Deuteronomy. 
that was the book. They, they had not had this book to even read. It was a lost book to them. It was a lost book. And, uh, you know, the, the, the book of Deuteronomy is different than the other books. A lot of people may think it's the same, but they would only think that because they are not reading it closely. Uh, but one of the, 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 the name Deuteronomy is actually a Greek name, and it means second law. Second law, and oh, how I could uh, really get into a lot of uh, things on that uh, when we're talking about uh, the different sets of the of the tablets and the set of the tablets that were were the uh, the blessings of God, the love of God, and the set of the tablets that were the curses. And uh, it, it's very very interesting that name uh, meaning Deuteronomy meaning second law, but. Uh, I think that what is happening right now, as people are listening to these broadcasts, what what is happening is that uh, uh, people are not, uh, you know, they are not realizing uh, the extent of what God is doing. It's like God ha is is using the, the 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 manifest revelation as a retrieval of the lost word of God. And and this lost word of God is is being uh, 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 siphoned out of the scriptures uh, that has become encumbered uh, between everything between uh, you know miscued uh, interpretations uh, you know uh, like uh, Jerome as spiritual and powerful as a man that he was uh, he got into some things about. Um, <clears throat> Uh, that he interpreted from the Latin Vulgate. And uh, one of them uh, was about Moses, which I will not mention now, but I'll tell you later. And it was just really, really wrong. It was just a wrong translation and um, and caused a, a lot of um, problems uh, for many generations. But, um, uh, it, you know, it is so important to have the true word have the real word of God and not not just something that that has been fabled together that has been put together by a bunch of uh, of uh, ideas that are not based on foundation uh, I, I just want to thank God for this uh, ministry that God is uh, dealing dealing uh, with us because uh, it is a uh, it is a beautiful beautiful time that 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 God is wanting to give us and uh, wanting to move us forward. Now, uh, it is it's going to be necessary to go over some of the um, uh, of the word that I I preached last week because it is so extremely important and you need to hear it again anyway because uh, you know it's it's a deep word but it's very important because if you miss the connection to, to some of the things I said last week. You cannot really connect and understand with where I am going today. So let's just cover some of those things, you know. First off, in Deuteronomy 137, uh, it says, The Lord was angry with me for your sakes. Now this is the Lord, uh, this was speaking about Moses and, and about God being um, angry with him, uh, not because of what Moses had done, but for the sakes of the people saying, you shall not go thither, you shall not go across the Jordan, you shall not go into the promised land. And, and, but the truth of the matter was, wasn't just because 
that that Moses um, uh, struck uh, the rock uh, at Meribah instead of speaking to it. Uh, it was because that he was so grieved with the people, and they were so uh, so disrespectful of God, and, and they were so rebellious uh, that he he was he was just uh, totally you know angered and hurt by it, and uh, and so God put the punishment on Moses so that Moses would bear it for the people uh, to save their souls, really. For, for It was a mercy thing. And so that's very important that you have that down. And uh, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's just a, a beautiful, important thing. That, that's found in Deuteronomy 1, uh, verse 37. Now, uh, we're going to you know, move right through all of these because they're, they are so absolutely important. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about deferred uh, progeny. We talked about uh, Deuteronomy 29, 14 through 15. Deuteronomy 29, 14 through, through uh, 15, where the scripture says, uh, Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day, before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. Now, this is very, very important because we were we were trying to establish why Moses uh, was chosen to go to the uh, to the um, uh, art, to the Mount of Transfiguration, and we were uh, going back to the trackways and to the tracks that are in the Scripture and showing that there there was a whole reason and a whole purpose because his work was not finished. He had to finish his work, and and uh, and there was. Um, you know, a covenant that was made with him, and, and an oath, and it says, "But this this is not just for you and the people that are, are that are here right now, uh, but this is f- for those people that do not stand here uh, before God. Uh, you know, uh, that that are not here with us this day. You know, it's the people that are here, and it's the people that are not here. So this very clearly shows that it was both you know present and future." And and so we've established that by the scripture. That's Deuteronomy twenty nine, fourteen through fifteen. We call that deferred progeny. Deferred progenity is where uh, a a a birthing and a bringing forth of people uh, for a plan or for a life uh, is uh, put off unto a future time. So that's called deferred progenity. That's P R O G E N Y. Okay, now let's go on to uh, uh, th- this uh, point. We made the point about how that um, that uh, Moses was sent up to Mount Nebo, and that he was to die, and and uh, we made uh, the connection also last week that the Lord also said, um, and the Lord said, "Behold, you shall sleep with your fathers." And we connected that to the statements that Jesus made about Lazarus when he said, Lazarus is not dead. And they said, oh, Lord, if he's, he said, he sleeps. He said, Lord, if he sleeps, that's great. But, you know, that's, that's not correct. He is dead. And he, they just kept saying, he died, he died, he's dead. So Jesus says, oh, okay, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just say he, he died. Uh, but Jesus understood, you know, that really uh, he slept. He was, he was in a sleep. And uh, with all the deep teaching that goes along with that, which someday, uh, you know, we'll get a chance to go over again. Uh, that's just really important stuff. 
Um, <clears throat> then we 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 brought out the scripture um, how that this promise, this covenant that we just read to you that God had given, that there's another scripture that sort of accentuates that promise, where um, you know um, in Deuteronomy thirty two thirty four it says it is not is not this laid up in store uh, uh, for me and sealed up among uh, um, my treasures. Um, there was a there was a treasure that had been sealed up, which was a, which was a covenant and a promise and an oath, and and it's in verse thirty five. It says, "To me belongs vengeance and recompense." Uh, he had a right uh, to to uh, be able to finish a work that he had not been able to, to finish, and you're going to see today. I mean, this this teaching is going to make some of you want to stand on your feet and shout. Because there's going to be some scriptures coming out here uh, that is just going to be glorious. I mean, nothing less can be said. Um, so here is this word in 3234. Uh, is this is not this laid up in 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 store for me and sealed up, uh, you know, uh, among the treasures? Uh, what a beautiful promise. Okay, and then another thing that we got into. Uh, <clears throat> Where we said, now look, let's let's consider this this scripture because this is very very important, and um, we 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 just we don't want to miss it. And I think the scripture for that that I'm reading is um, Deuteronomy 34, beginning the first verse. It says, so uh, he he was to go to the mount, uh, and 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 where he was to die. And it says, when you go up there, you'll be gathered unto the people. As Aaron, thy brother, died in the Mount Hor, and was then gathered unto his people. But you see, that never actually happened. That did not happen. The way all that his death, he went alone. He was alone. And then after that, you know, no one could find him. And and no one, you know, even to quite a long time later, ever knew where his sepulture was, if there was a sepulture, sepulture, and where it would be, they just had an idea that something happened in in a certain part of the area, you know, and uh, against uh, this mountain that was <laughs> sort of a something less than a sacred mountain. We talked about that. I'm not going to repeat that right now, but here we see this is a pending thing again that lends itself to this is a promise of God that was not completed, it was not finished. This is still to happen. Moses is still to to uh, to to uh, you know be gathered into the people, and and that is very very important, and it ties into this whole revelation of what we're saying, what we're doing, and we're going to see how beautiful uh, this whole revelation is as we really get into it. Then I thought a sensational thing that we shared with you last uh, week was um, the spirit transfer of Moses, how that in the spirit of resurrection so to speak uh and and this is found in numbers uh 11 uh, verse 17 uh verses 25 and 26 and um uh it, it it talked about how that that god said i'm going to transfer your spirit upon the elders and he transferred his spirit upon the elders those that were with him and there was a couple that were not with him that were in the camp but but he 
transferred it upon them also. And they began to prophesy and <laughs> have quite a time when all of a sudden this spirit came on them. So it, it was a, they didn't even know about it. They weren't even there to hear what Moses was saying was going to happen. And just all of a sudden, wow, the spirit came upon them. They start prophesying because the, the spirit of, of Moses was transferred upon them. And, and this goes to show you, like, you know, how, 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 versatile the spirit is like people don't think anything you know of uh i'm not saying every person in the world but most of the people don't think too much about at this point in time uh that uh, blood transfusions uh we take blood which is the life of a person and we take that out bottle it and we put it into another human that is depending on that to be resuscitated uh and be able to live and so, you know, uh, that's blood being shared from one person to another person. And sometimes, you know, there's quite a bit of a person's blood that ends up being uh, bottled and put out and made available. And and now if we think in terms of in the spiritual world, uh, the spirit of a person has that capability uh, of, of spirit life to, to share, just like in the physical world, we share the blood in transfusions. And uh, people just that have not known this have then been withheld from from the uh the possibility of of the vision of which the bible says without a vision the people perish and no wonder they're perishing because they've never heard these things they never had a teacher to teach them these things so the the darkness has has swept upon them has blinded their minds deafened their ears and taken away from them uh the heart uh to know the 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 word of god so so I think that this thing on the spirit uh, transfer is just absolutely <laughs> super sensational. And it just all ties in with all these things that uh, we're going to put together here as we go through this. Okay. Now, um, uh, in, um, <clears throat> in Exodus 20, 18 uh, through 21, uh, you know, the people ask Moses to represent them on the mount. And and God expresses expresses that He is pleased with that, and and that turns out to be quite a thing. And uh, then we shared with you something found in the book of Hebrews, and I think it almost requires us to turn there and read it. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews uh, uh, chapter twelve, because this has got to be one of the most sensational revelations that uh, can even be imagined. It it is just an awesome revelation given to Paul, and um, uh, I'm going to read it to you right now because uh, we just can't. We just even though we read it last week, it's chapter twelve, verse eighteen through twenty nine. Okay, so it says, uh, "For you are not come into the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor into the blackness and the darkness and the tempest, and the sound of trumpet." And the voice of words, which voice they heard in 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 uh, entreated them, uh, the word should not be spoken to them any more, uh, for they could uh, not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, "I exceedingly fear and quake, but you." Ye are come unto Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion is another word for Mount Hermon. And unto the city of the living God. Now, we understand that this thing with with uh, Mount Zion and, and Mount uh, Hermon uh, is 
it's right tied in, it's synchronized, it's energized into uh, the ultimate transitional meaning uh, of of the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly Jerusalem, but the heavenly Jerusalem, and uh, an innumerable company of angels. And in verse 23, the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, um, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, so the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to uh, the blood of sprinkling. Wow, wow, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, that is, to me, is absolutely sensational. And when the, one of the scriptures that we read to you in the very uh, early part of the beginning of all of this revelation of the tracks on the mountain, we read a scripture, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it basically said that the, that the, the plan of life comes uh, uh, through Mount, uh, Mount Hermon. And uh, uh, maybe next week I'll, uh, I'll get that scripture looked up and uh, you know, we'll go into it because, uh, wow, that's some awesome, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Okay, now let's just see where we're at here uh, because we've got so, so incredible much to cover and uh, we, we, just, we just don't want to miss any of it. Okay, now um, let's just look um, at, um, we, we went through the spirit transfer, okay. We went, uh, we went through the, um, uh, this gift uh, that had been sealed up as a treasure to, to Moses of the covenant. Uh, we went over this thing about, uh, uh, you know, you're going to go up to the mount and be gathered into the people like Aaron was, your brother. Uh, we, um, uh, we went through deferred progeny, uh, which had to do uh, with an, uh, a, a promise and a, a, an actuality that not only was of the present time, but parts of which were deferred to a present time in the future, and uh, and showed that that uh, that was the scripture where it says, uh, you know, I make this covenant and this oath, not only with you that stand here with us this day, before the Lord our God, but also with those people that are not here with us this day, and that ah uh, that that's powerful. <clears throat> Powerful, incredible stuff. <clears throat> I don't see how anybody could look at it lightly. It's just absolutely awesome. Blessed be the name of God. Okay. <clears throat> I read the scripture where it says, And the Lord was angry with me for your sakes. And, uh, and that was really important to get that all down. Really understand... Uh, that message, uh, you know, and how that the people had requested for Moses to represent them, to be a proxy for him, and how that that was accepted by the people and by Moses and by God. And we'll give you scriptures for that. And then we read the thing about Hebrew and how that Zion, uh, the Mount Hermon, uh, was representative of the living city of God. And, oh, my, there is just so incredibly much that it is uh, <clears throat> awesome to uh, even begin to get into it, it. It is just so so deep. Now <clears throat> we have to um, we have to finish talking about Moses 
uh, we're not uh, quite through with him before we get into the glories and get into Elijah and get into the Z-Ray and we have to, we want to finish it, you know, I'm not saying we'll complete Moses today, there'll be some other odds and ends we'll say, but we've got to, you know, he was uh, a pattern prophet and, um, you know, uh, uh, some people say, you know, he wore this uh, this veil over his face, they call it the mask of Moses, uh, you know, call it what you want, be happy. Uh, but there was no doubt a divine radiation uh, that came from his face that emanated from the experience of having received uh, the the glory uh, that was transitioned upon him. And um, uh, there is um, no, 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 no question about uh, a message there that is deep and that people of this time are supposed to know. Uh, someone says, yeah, but that's the Old Testament. I'm not interested in the Old Testament. No, I'm sorry, sir, or ma'am. Uh, that is not just the Old Testament. That's the New Testament. That's why we're talking about about it, because Moses was on, on the mountain. I've, I've had some people, uh, you know, and in fact, there are scholars and there are historic, uh, historians who say they don't believe that there was a Moses. But, you know, if you're going to say you don't believe there was a Moses, then you, 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 you're saying you don't believe there was a Jesus Christ. And you don't believe the story of the, of the Mount of Transfiguration. Because when the, the, the Gospels gave the story about the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses meeting Jesus, that was an incredible exaltation and verification of the, of the power of Moses that he had with God. And, and, and the... Um, the, the essentiality of truth uh, that was um, embedded in those stories. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that there are not some interpretations and translations uh, that would ease uh, some of the verbiage and make it fall in a straighter suit of uh, fitting uh, the, the, you know, the ultimate plan of God. But nevertheless, even the way it is right now, however it's, it is written in all the different books that, that are translated, uh, you can't help uh, but be benefited by reading it because it is a... It is a wonderful for work. Uh, his writings are like a sky on. They 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 are they are something uh, that uh, presents a mosaic office uh, of understanding uh, to all of us. Uh, it is not some kind of undersong that is being sung out there by uh, you know uh, some religions who are trying to put everything into a negative uh, spin and who are sowing spurs into everything that uh, are the kind that are like thorns you can sit on. Uh, thank God. It's, uh, it's a great and great, great, great day that, uh, that you know, God is, God is doing. And, and God, is, God is wonderful. And God is good. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, now, we're going to open up some of these things here. And it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Okay, now, here's what I want to say. When Moses had this confrontation, and the Bible says, I'm putting the punishment on you. You cannot go over into the promised land because of, of striking the rock instead of speaking to it. Although there was another time that I told you to strike the, wa the rock and you did and water came out, 
And although this time when you struck it, I still allowed water to come out, it did not allow me to be sanctified in the people. And the people really needed to be sanctified because they were at the verge uh, of of a sin that uh, was going to uh, be detrimental to their future. And now they are stuck with that. So none of these people, with the exception of Caleb, you know, and 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 uh, Joshua are going to be allowed of that whole generation of the people that crossed the Red Sea, uh, of the of the people that went through, you know, all of these things, and, and you know, just a few people would be exception to it. Uh, they they are not going to they are not going to be able to go to the other side. And, and Moses, you're not going to go, and all these other people are going to die here in the wilderness. And a new generation is going to grow up, and they're going to go over to the other side. Now, here's what I want you to hear. So, the whole plan why Moses was chosen to be there on the mount was a design of destiny. It was as old as, as almost the Bible, all the books of Torah. It was as old as the books of Torah. And the thing was, is what God was saying. Moses, I'm going to use you to bring these people that did, were not able to go over. You're going to have an opportunity to, to go into the spirit world and begin to deal with these people. And you're going to be able to bring them over into the promised land. You're going to be able to bring them over into the promised land. All these people that did not make it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> let's just look at, um, at some examples of the Bible. Turn with me to the book of Peter. Uh, Peter, First uh, Peter 3. Turn with me over there because I want to read from there. First Peter 3. And uh, it is, it is very interesting. You must, you can't miss any of this. First Peter three. Wow. And this is when, um, when Peter uh, went and 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 it, it talks about, uh, he tells about Jesus and what happened. So uh, here we go, uh, Peter three and. Uh, we are uh, we are looking at um, verses eighteen through twenty two, three eighteen through twenty two, and it says, "For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us unto God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which, by which, he also." Now there's an also to this whole what seemed to be. A, a single action that had no uh, front or back door. It was just a, a, a one-happen, uh, you know, uh, domain that, that didn't have any other dimensions to it. Uh, but we find that that's not the case. By also, that very essence, that very vital stream, by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison went and preached to the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, 
wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, unto whereunto even baptism does now also save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of good consciousness toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and power, powers be made subject to him. So what is the point that we're making? It is Bible language. It is Bible experience that there can be people that pass from this world and pass into another world in the spirit world. And yet, although they are in the spirit world, which is in many cases, they're really, really referring to this special provision called Abraham's bosom, that they get another opportunity. These people that were disobedient during the flood, they get another chance. Jesus preaching to them, giving them another opportunity. He didn't go down there to say, well, you're in hell, and I told you, uh, you know, you deserve this, and I just came came down here uh, to tell you, hey, too bad that you did what you did, and you've got what you got coming, and uh, to hell with you. That is not what Jesus did. He went down there with his love because he wanted to also redeem the spirits, and, 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 and th that's what he was involved with. Now then, we should not think it strange that such a man uh, as Moses, whom the Bible says there was never another prophet like him. He was totally different, and, and, and it compares him. It says there's, there's one that's going to be raised up likened to him, and it, just, and it obviously describes Jesus Christ. And so we can see that Jesus did that, then in the similitude of the likeness, that it is not on a line at all to propose that that Moses would do the same thing. Now, we want to show you that um, there is an interesting thing. The, there it seems to be a group of people in the Bible, like Moses, who on the mount, you know, saw these huge groups of angels, and we say, you know, we've showed by Scripture, if you go to our blogs, you can find Scriptures where we show that, you know, there were Ziths, and and how that Jesus, uh, who was Yahweh at the time, came down, uh, and, you know, from the uh, from the Zith, and uh, uh, we we know there, there was there was angels there. This is where he began to get the shine, and and all the things happened to him, which we're going to get into here a little later. Uh, but the thing of it was, he was involved with with traffic from that was extraterrestrial, that was not from this planet. He was involved with spacecraft that was from another world. And he was involved with, with the angels and, and, and Yahweh, Yahweh, who were involved and tied in uh, to that other world. And, of course, Jesus said, I am not from this world. I am not of this world. I am of another world. And, uh, and they said, well, um, uh, uh, what are you going to do? You know, you're supposed to be the king. Uh, why aren't you making a plan to fight the Romans. He said, well, if this was my world, and this is in the Bible, if this was my world, if this is where I was, you know, to, to called to be, he says, then my servants and I would fight. But he says, I am not, this This world is does not belong to me. I'm not of this world. This is not my world. 
I belong to another world. That's in the Bible. You just need to check it out and read it for yourself. I've quoted it to you before. But just read it and check it out. So Jesus was saying, you know, I'm, I'm from this other thing. He even says in the 14th chapter of John, you know, I'm going to go away. I'm going to the Father's house. If it's not, it wasn't true, I wouldn't have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And, and now we, we've got this whole story, and then you've got these people that like Elijah, who obviously had a relationship uh, with these fiery chariots and, and, and the, the, the holy uh, uh, horsemen thereof. He obviously had a relationship. He knew in advance the day that he was going to be taken. He knew that. And he tried to, his best to not have Elisha, his partner, there with him. But Elisha was very determined, and he wouldn't leave him for anything. Although he had many opportunities to depart, he did not. But here we have Moses, we have Elisha, we have Jesus as Yaviel. They're all involved in, in, in the, these, these connections to the extraterrestrial. There's no way to get around that. It's just, it's there. If, if you don't want to believe the Bible, then don't believe it and just might as well close it and, and, and uh, you know, just forget about knowing anything and end up being ignorant because that's what you would be because it's in the Bible. You just need to take a look because it's in there and, and it really can't be denied. And any of these preachers out there that, that try to deny it, uh, you know, they're zipped up. They're not operating by the Holy Spirit. They're zipped up. They're closed doors that, that, that are stuck. But I'm going to tell you today, you've got to get this down. This, this world is universal. And you've got to quit just being a little neighborhood or a little, little uh, city or, or, or just a, a little, a little uh, earth here. Because the Bible's very, very clear in, in uh, the book of, of Isaiah that the people from the earth are going to go out into space and they're going to plant the, the, the heavens. That is scripture. That is Bible. If time is going to go on, there's a time, times, and a dividing of the times. It's going on. And, and, and uh, these people that are making all these prophecies are going to be like, they're going to die fools if they don't repent. Because uh, they're making false prophecies that are not going to come to pass. And uh, it's pitiful. And I, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm sorry that they are caught up into that. We do not want you people who are listening to get caught up in the strivings of the people. We just really do not. Okay, now let's go on. <clears throat> we want to show you the event. We want to show you the event that's in the Bible that was prophesied ahead of time. Turn with me to Ezekiel 37, uh, 3 through 14. Ezekiel 33, okay, or pardon me, um, Ezekiel 37. And I want to read this because uh, it's exciting. We'll start with verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them around about and behold that there were very, very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, 
I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Now, I want you to hear this, this prophecy, people. I want you to understand, maybe for the first time, what the meaning of this prophecy really is. I know there are a lot of times this has been preached on, and they've used it for all kinds of things, that uh, figuratively and metaphorically, and that's fine. Uh, scripture can be used like that. But let's talk about the real basic deep of the application, because that's what we're giving it to you today. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring you bring up flesh upon you. You're going to become living human beings and cover you with skin. And, and I will put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied and there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, uh, bone to his bone. And when I beheld and lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said the Lord, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And I say to the wind, uh, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to get a hold of this next uh, couple of scriptures here, a couple of verses. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our, our bones are dried, our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. These are the people that were had had gone through the Red Sea. These are the people that were slaves in Egypt, that had gone through all the suffering, that went through the the the, the terrible journey and the forty years uh, of excruciating situations, and then they all ended up dying in the wilderness, not able to go across into the Promised Land. And that's what they're talking about. You know, our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy, the verse 12, unto them. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, into the promised land, is what it's saying. And you shall know I am the Lord. Now there you have it. There you have the word of God that was given to uh Ezekiel, and he did a prophecy proxy for this day of resurrection on the Mount of Transfiguration, from which the Bible says that there, there will um, issue life from that mountain. It's there in the scriptures. And this was already put in place. It's already put in place. It was already a plan that, that God had. Now, let's go on because we've got, uh, we've got more stuff going along with this. Uh, let's just look at Jeremiah 15.1. Get to Jeremiah 15.1. And um, wh why, did, why did God use Ezekiel here? Well, there, there's a reason. And uh, let's just look at uh, Jeremiah 15.1. And we, we'll see how that God, uh, there's a time there's a time that, 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 that there has to be other people, just like with Paul and Paulus. Paul says, I plan it, uh, but Apollos watered. But he says, you know what? We're equal. 
It's just as important to water as it is, as it is to plant. That makes us equal. And, and so God uses different people to do different works. So as we look at, um, at Jeremiah uh, 15, verse 1, Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind would not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight, and let them go forth. So they said, Well, where will we go? But you see, the thing of it is, is there is a time when judgment will come down on people. But then in the course of time, after they've gone through a, a purging, after they've gone through, a, you know, a, a, a period uh, of separation, uh, even after they have gone and they're in the, the spirit abode world, uh, like the Abraham's bosom, uh, you know, God, God says, uh, uh, to, to to Ezekiel, he said, uh, "What do you what do you you see? All these bones here." Uh, he said, "I want you to prophesy, and I want you to bring them to life again, because they're separated from their parts. They haven't been able to f- fulfill what the promise to them was. The promise to them, as it was to Moses, was to be able to go over to the promised land, and they were cut off from going, and which was their hope, and they were cut off from being able to join the rest of the of the of the twelve tribes and the brethren, uh, which was an incredible, terrible thing, you know. After after having lived their whole life for that purpose, and God saying, "I am going to allow you to be rejoined with Israel. I'm going to allow you to go into the promised land, and you're going to be regenerated." And you're going to come back and live as human beings in the regeneration, and and, and uh, this was all going to be set off and set in place on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's such an important event for for you know Jesus uh, to be there with Moses and Moses to be there with Jesus. Now, <clears throat> look at Isaiah. 63.7 Isaiah 63.7 Okay <clears throat> I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies according to his multitude of his loving uh, kindness. And he said, Surely they are are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their Savior, and in all their affliction he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them, he bare them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and... and, and, um, they vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be against them, and he fought against them. Now, that happened. He was the rock, the Bible says, that followed the children of Israel in the wilderness. And they rebelled, and he turned against them. He said, none of you are going over. And then he allowed Moses to bear their sins so that they would not just be uh, totally left out of any future mercy. And then listen what happens next. Verse 11, then he remembered the days of old. Moses and his people saying, <clears throat> where, is, where is he that brought them up out of the sea 
with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within them, that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them, to make himself an everlasting name, that led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness, that they should not mumble. As a beast that goeth down the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and behold the habitation of thy holiness and thy glory. Where is the zeal and the strength and the sounding uh, of the bowels of thy mercy <clears throat> toward me? Are they restrained? Doubtless thou art our father. Though Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel acknowledges not. Thou, O Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. <coughs> Excuse me. Thy name is from everlasting. Wow, let me get a drink here. Okay. <clears throat> o Lord, why hast thou made us err from thy ways, and hardened our hearts? By thy, uh, from thy fear. Return for thy servants' sakes the tribes of thine inheritance. Here's another scripture by another great prophet verifying the same thing. Verifying the return of people that have been killed, that have been left in the wilderness, that were promised to go to the, the promised land but were never able to cross over into the promised land. It's all right here in the word of God. It is, it is absolutely incredible. Okay, now <clears throat> um, let's um, let me just look here. I, uh, let me just look at the scripture here. It may be one I've already read. Hold on a minute. I think I did. Just a minute. Hang and hold, my dear friends, as we just check this because I don't, we don't have time here to. Do a lot of repeat. All right, three eighteen. <clears throat> oh, I'm in the wrong book. Hold on a minute. I need to be in the first, first Peter. Oh, yeah, I did read that to you. Okay, that was about the spirits. And I think I read, I think I went, read the wrong one in Hebrews. But let's just double check that one more time just to make sure I'm not leaving anything out because there's so many scriptures. So many. 1135. Okay. Okay, yeah, this is a good one. Okay, now... Uh, in the book of Hebrews 11, and we'll start with verse 35. It was talking about some of these people that were just absolute heroes in the Old Testament times. Women received uh, their dead, uh, raised uh, to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Even way, way, way back then, the people that were following the power of resurrection and the power of revelation understood that there was a better resurrection and they were not willing to accept deliverance on a a level 
that did not include that better resurrection. And then it said, and others had, uh, verse 36, now we're in Hebrews 11, and we're verse 36, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and, and imprisonment. And there were and and they were stoned, they were sawn as, asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now this thing of, of deferred progeny, in which there are these people that it is not God's intent on the time scale of the time, times, and, and, and dividing of the times, for some of these people to go ahead and enter into the ultimate uh, uh, fulfillment of the power of resurrection. Uh, it, it was to all come through Christ, and then even with the Christ, there was a deferred progenity, as we will see as we get into this, of all the things that would happen in the, the accords of time. And, um, but here we have it, that, that if, if God would not allow uh, them to go on to a, a higher height, uh, that, 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 uh, that without the present generation, they should not be made perfect, then that works both ways. And so once again, that gives a seat of, uh, of understanding uh, to this whole thing that we're that we're talking about, so it's it's just um, <laughs> it's just really an incredible and beautiful thing, and I, I hope that you're able to pick that all up. I, I hope you're really able to, you know, to see that <clears throat> that vision. Okay, now uh, we've got uh, some really interesting things to get into. Uh, I just have to really keep move, moving to make sure that. Uh, that we're going to be able to get into get this whole message because uh, oh, there's so much to cover. Okay, <clears throat> I want to get into a little bit more with Moses, and I also want to get into the revelation of um, of the Z-ray. Okay, now uh, Michelangelo is a world famous, well known artist. And his paintings are worth huge amounts of money. And he did a picture of Moses with horns. And there are several other artists that have done the same thing. And um, this came about because um, a person by the name of uh, um, Jerome who was a translator, uh, and he used the um, Latin Vulcate, somehow in the transliteration, <clears throat> he translated it that, that Moses had horns on his head. And so thus became the, the picture of Michelangelo with, with the horns on his head. Um, the Bible says in Exodus 34:29 that the face of Moses was radiant, that the skin of his face shone. And um, um, Corinthians 3.14 uh, speaks about Moses' face was glorified. Um, 
there, there's some beautiful things. It talks about a veil uh, put over his face. Um, Moses, uh, another interpretation was Moses, the face of Moses was horned. If <laughs> you can imagine that one, was horned because the same words that were used to speak about this shining that was coming forth from the face were the same words that were used to create those two horns that Michelangelo uh, put on top of the painting of Moses. And um, there's even a statue, a statue of uh, Moses at the Vatican that depicts uh, Moses having horns. So uh, it's it's pretty pretty deep in the end of this whole thing, and and we want to know what what this is talking about. Well, um, the horns, of course, are symbols of authority and power, and they they do represent power. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> there uh, it has been said that um, the giants, some of them that were um, have been dug up that there are, uh, on their skulls, uh, have been unearthed in various places around the earth. In fact, even in the States, in New York and Pennsylvania, uh, skulls that had horns on them. And uh, they're in some of the museums. Uh, not a lot is understood or said about it, but this thing of horns is not just a joke. Uh, and But it really belongs to, to uh, the... Um, the giants, the, the Nephilim giants, uh, the meaning of the word was twofold, the fallen ones and also the shining ones. So that all ties in to, you know, that depiction uh, without, without any, any question. Now, um, when we go into Strong's Hebrew and Chaldee Dictionary uh, and we look at what these beams of light that were coming out of Moses were, we find in um, uh, 7160 uh, and 7161 of the uh, dictionary of the Hebrew that the meaning of, of those words, uh, which were like kawan or koran, uh, depending how you're pronouncing it from uh, uh, the uh, transliteration, it's the same, basically the same word the Muslims use for their book, the Koran. But what that actually means is to shoot out of horns uh, and it's figurative of rays that shine. In 7161, though, it goes further and it says uh, a horn as projecting like like a peak of, the, of a mountain. And then it just doesn't say transfiguration, it just says a ray of light power. And then even in um, uh, dictionary number 7162, 7162 of Strong's, it talks about a horn for sound. Uh, now, um, what we we want to get an understanding into your minds, this thing about the horn, uh, it, you know, uh, this is so important, this revelation that happened to, to Moses, <clears throat> this thing that happened to Moses, uh, you know, when, when people looked at him and they saw these beams coming up out of his head and some from his face, they didn't know what to call it either. They it, it they thought it must be horns. Now, uh, I had an ex experience in which um, I 
was in the church, and I started, uh, my face began to become transfigurated. And I began, uh, another uh, person's face began to form on my forehead. And and the glory and the shining and the, the beauty of that moment was just awesomely filled with the power and the uh, and the glory and the awe of God. And I have a you know, a copy of this picture in which there were two little small horn-like things that came up on the top, which were actually uh, solid light that were rays shooting forward. And this actually is what we teach in the manifest, is, is zone rays. And zone rays, abbreviated, is Z-rays. And these Z-rays uh, are involved with syntonic fire, and they are about power and authority. Uh, they are the horns of Habakkuk three, four, three, uh, four, and six. Let me let me turn to that scripture because that is well, very, very well uh, worth reading. Uh, let's get into Habakkuk because that that is an awesome, absolutely awesome scripture, and um, <clears throat> I uh, I don't. I don't want you to lose out on uh, on the connection of of this beautiful revelation. It's uh, it's just it's it's too exciting. It's just absolutely exciting, you know. So hold on a minute here. I just got to get some of my books off to the side here so I can get to my my stuff and and uh, make this reading. What this very famous uh, scripture uh, says in Habakkuk that I'm going to read to you uh, is um, a revelation about the horns. And uh, it's in uh, uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, and it's verse 4. And it's talking about the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of His praise. That's verse 3. And then verse 4, And His brightness was as light, and he had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. So, in this incredible revelation, people have not understood this incredible syntonic fire. You know, when the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost and fire, they, 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 it's, this isn't just amtricity. This is a step beyond amtricity. This is zone light. This is this is syntonic fire, and and it is equipped, or I should say, it is a fruited vine that that has authority, that has power, and when these rays begin to to happen to a person, they change you, they change you from who you were. You can't ever be the same again. It has an effect on your body, on your mind, on your way of thinking. And these it's a zone ray. And it's coming to an area, just like when God said, uh, Moses, take off your shoes. This is holy ground right here. It, that's a zone. That wasn't holy ground just where he had been walking, just back maybe 25 feet wasn't holy ground. But as he got closer to it and started walking up to where uh, you know the burning bush was, he said, stop, take off your shoes. This zone... It's holy ground. 
it's a zone. It's 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 a location. It's it's a place where something is happening of of a a supernatural, divine nature, and as uh, and and there's a fire involved there, like a syntonic fire. Now, the scripture here that I just read you is so awesome because it says, you know, um, this brightness of light is was happening to him. And he had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Can you understand how powerful this verse is? Someone says, wow, that, that's like a, a mystery, like a secret being revealed, that the, that the power of Christ, that the power of, jo, uh, of Yahweh, that the power of the Lord of hosts is enwrapped is involved with this secret of these zone rays coming out of the hand, out of the, the ministry hand. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. It's what it's meant to, to be. It's meant to be dispersed to the ministry. And, and, and it's been hidden because Paul says that veil that was on people's face way back in the times when Moses was here on earth, is still upon the people's face. They are still blinded to the truth. They still cannot hear the truth. But we're being told about a secret here, an incredible, absolutely fantastic secret that has to do with this revelation. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there, there, not someplace else, was the hiding of his of his power, the horns, the horns are the Z rays, and the zone rays, and th this is something that God's wanting to, to do for His people. Because I'm going to tell you what zone rays can do. <clears throat> I've had this happen to me. Yes, it. Uh, I didn't used to know what to call it, and I would call it the crystal eye vision. But uh, I one time, many many years ago, and it's been a long, lot long time ago. But through this zone light, through this Z-ray vision, I was able to see all of the way into the uh, in, into to, uh, the White House and and into you know the uh, these places where they they have uh, uh, people come from other nations. Uh, I, I was able to look into these places where they they have. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, place for the, like the Russians and the different nations. And I was able to see in the headquarters of the Russians. And I saw that, that there was in the walls, cleverly hidden, and they were made out of uh, a, a, a material that could not be detected uh, like with, with magnets because they were not made out of metal. And they were, they were microphones and they were recording things that would be said, they were highly sensitive, that would be said uh, by the Russian diplomat. And and I saw that by this vision. <clears throat> well, with a mat within a matter of weeks, the Russians discovered these microphones. And this was in the news. And I had told different people this this experience that I had, so it was verified. And and uh, uh, the, 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 the Z-ray vision thing, uh, the Z-ray is a power it's an insight. Uh, it's a capability uh, of, of being able to see the beyond of the beyond. It, 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 it gives you an authority uh, of Christ's word. Uh, it, it is it's empowering um, when 
whenever you get the chance uh, to approach that defining moment of your life in which God wants to shine upon you. And, and, and that's a prayer that's mentioned by different of the, of the men of God in the Bible, that he would cause his face to shine upon you. That, that shining of God's face upon you is going to produce aura glories. It's going to produce eventually a, 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 a Z-ray zone. And, and, and the, the, these, these beams that are shooting upward are beams that have come down into you and left a message and now are coming up and, and they, they are exiting uh, the body back to God because uh, they, they are full of the glory of God. Wow. Uh, I just hope that that you know you can you can just eat that up. You know there are uh, <clears throat> all these different kinds of glories, and uh, those those are so important to understand. But I I, I have a little list here I want to briefly go over with you. I wouldn't even begin to be covering all the glories. But in Second Corinthians three fifteen through eighteen, Second Corinthians three fifteen through eighteen, it talks about from glory to glory. And we call these the splendors. Uh, God wants us to understand that if you are out there in your religious, uh, you know, ideology and your religious uh, uh, confines, and you are only dealing with one glory, then you are truly separated from many other glories because it was it is the intent of the scriptures. It, it is the sayings of the scriptures that we are to move from glory to glory. And you'll find that in Second Corinthians three fifteen eighteen. Now, uh, what are some of these different glories? Well, this, as many as this sounds like, this is just a few. There's the Shekinah glory, uh, which, uh, in fact, uh, uh, Janet, my wife, is going to be writing about. She's already written it, in fact, and in in a few weeks from now, she's going to post it on the Seven Thunders. Uh, or pardon me, I'm sorry. She's going to post it on the uh, Seven Shepherds. And uh, uh, you're going to get a, a chance to read about an actual uh, situation which there was outside people there, and they saw the Shekinah glory come down in our business ac across the whole uh, ceiling. And uh, it is real. Uh, and people that have ever experienced it know that it's real. Uh, and then uh, there are, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of... Uh, uh, in interesting scriptures, Second uh, Peter one sixteen, uh, it talks about the glory of majesty. Uh, I call that the the glory of the kings and queens ministry. The Bible says in Revelations, "You shall be kings and priests." And I've explained that when it says kings, that covers the the masculine. When it says priest, that covers the the the, the feminine because um, the, the the female part because the priest represents the church, which is under the woman, the twelfth chapter of of Revelations. It's under the woman. So so uh, we've got the kings and the queens, and uh, it's the kings and queens ministry. And so that particular glory is the glory uh, of majesty, which is the kings and queens ministry. Uh, and you know the, the church has not really come in to the kings and queens ministry yet. Uh, there are. There are some churches that are that are more advanced than others. That is for sure, and and we do not know every church and all the churches and all the ministers. I'm sure there are some incredibly wonderful uh, persons out there who have been the benefit of uh, received the benefit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
Then um, in Second Peter one seventeen, just a verse down, it speaks about the excellent glory, and and, and this is where you know you move up to just a, a a little higher realm of glory that has an excellence excellency to it. Uh, it is it it you know is 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 crisp, is refined. Uh, it, it it is specifically uh, denoting and speaking of of defining substance uh, of ministry, and and it is uh, equipped to provide for you uh, those things that move you into a more perfecting sense of the glory. And uh, then uh, it talks about the gospel, you know, uh, in Second Corinthians four. Uh, three and four. It talks about the glorious gospel, or you could say the glorious word. Uh, <clears throat> number five, uh, the glory of God manifested in the flesh. That was John one fourteen. There, there could be in your flesh. There could be a glory of God that gets manifested. That's why there are people seen with spiritual auras. Now, understand on auras, there are physical auras which are basically radiations from the body that describe the condition and the health of the body. And then there are spiritual auras, which is about the state of spirituality of the spirit of the body. And, and, and those, uh, uh, those uh, states uh, have their own glory to them. So you've got the, uh, the glory of the gospel, because that certainly is a glory. And you've got the glory of, uh, you know, of God being manifested uh, in the flesh, John one fourteen. Then in uh, Luke nine twenty six, it mentions three different kinds of glories. Uh, number six, the glory of the sun. Number seven, the glory of the Father. Number eight, the glory of the angels. You know, the Bible says one star differeth from another uh, in heaven. Uh, we can see that um, as we get into this, these different glories. But you know, each of the angels have a glory. Uh, and the Father has a glory, and the Son has a glory. And and there is so much glory available. Luke nine twenty nine through 32 <clears throat> speaks about the glory of Moses and the glory of Elijah. Uh, so they had a glory. When they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they had a glory, and they each had their own glory. And, and the glory has a whole story to it. It, it has a story that it can tell. It, it, it has, you know, the, the, the footprints it, it 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 has the 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 tracks that lead up to the mountain of of transfiguration so so when moses was there with his glory that whole story was told in his glory when when elijah was there with his glory that whole story of the tracks was told in his glory wow and then number 9 there's what what is called direct encounters with the glory of god and and uh, and number 10 there is the uh, what we talked about the zone ray the z ray glory satanic fire holy ghost and fire glory wow <clears throat> one other thing i want to mention i talked about the difference between joshua and moses on their um uh, plan of the uh demarcation line uh for the holy um uh, people of Israel for the promised land and how that Joshua wanted, wa Joshua wanted to uh, push on to, you know, ultimately to the Euphrates and, uh, and how that, uh, that I felt that there was a, a limit of what 
Moses was expecting. Uh, I didn't want to misconceive uh, uh, or mislead you on that um, because there are different scriptures uh, in which revelation comes and then a later revelation comes that 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 brings a, a little different a way of uh, perspective uh, of that other previous scripture. And that's what I was trying to set up, uh, hoping I'll have the time to really get into it. Otherwise, you might just misunderstand and think that I'm I'm not realizing that there are places in which Moses talks about the Euphrates River as well. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is something that if I get the time to explain it, uh, as it is proposed differently in the in the different books of, of the Torah, uh, I will get to that one day and explain it. All right. We'll just keep moving on here. Blessed be the name of God. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Now, um, the big thing on this Easter day is John eleven twenty five, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And and uh, uh, tying all this into the tracks of Moses, the tracks of Elijah, uh, the Zion, the the, the of Mount Hermon, uh, all the meanings that are imposed there, all the experiences that have happened in the past, and the fact that Hebrew uh, twelve eighteen through twenty nine exclaims, uh, you know that that uh, this Zion is about the holy city, uh, it's about the people born of God from above uh, is Jerusalem, the, the spiritual Jerusalem. Uh, that is an incredible thing. And so we have to understand and recognize that that uh, what is given to happen there, uh, you know, far exceeds uh, anything that, that most people can uh, even uh, begin to imagine, even begin to imagine. <clears throat> now, what was it that Moses had yet to do on the mount? Well, I want you to turn with me to uh, to Hebrews, and let's look at Hebrews nine twenty three, Hebrews nine twenty three, because here was a job that uh, that uh, you know that that Moses had, and it's really, 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 really interesting. Moses nine twenty three, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So the thing with it, with it is it mentions the sprinkling of the blood. It mentions the sacrifices. Uh, it mentions different things that were quite involved in the Old Testament sacraments. But there was yet a work that Moses was to do in his uh, covenant that he made, in which he was the proxy for the people, <clears throat> in which he was to bear their sins, until those sins could be uh, put into in, into the salvation of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he was to come and bring that to the mountain so that he could free all those people so that they could be uh, regenerated 
as the prophecy of uh, Ezekiel predicted. And it was necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with such an act as that. It was a purification of the of the holy plans of heaven to purify some of the things on earth that were not finished trans transmissions. And Moses was there on the mount to finish what he had promised those people who spent forty years of their time in the wilderness that I will take you to the I will take you I will take you to the promised land. It is a land of milk and honey. I will take you there. He was sent to that mountain in order to purify and 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 to fulfill uh, all of all of these kind of things. So now, let's just go over some important things that we want to talk about. We want to get into, uh, if I've just got the time here today, I hope. But first off, for you people that are interested in any of the scriptures, uh, Moses' face aglow. Uh, I'll give these real fast to you that I have handy here. Exodus thirty-four twenty-nine through 35. Exodus thirty-four twenty-nine through 35. 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, and the glory of John 1.14. And uh, <clears throat> um, uh, now um, we're, going to, uh, we're going to get now over into uh, uh, Elijah. And remember uh, Elijah... Um, why why was elijah uh called to be upon uh upon the mountain uh well we know that that you know that uh, uh elijah ascended up into the heavens with the chariots of the gods and uh <clears throat> he was he was an incredibly powerful man now we can we can learn more about elijah by by uh digging into the revelations of john the baptist because Jesus clearly said that uh, that that John and Elijah are the same persons. Now, uh, I don't have time to go through all these scriptures, uh, but in Luke one thirteen through seventeen, Luke one thirteen through seventeen, <clears throat> it says that um, John is great in God's sight. Now, first off, we know that John, as being Elijah, is a, is great. He's a great person in God's sight. Now, in John one nineteen through twenty one, when they ask uh, John, "Are are are you the Messiah?" He said, "I am not." Then they asked, "They says, well, are you Elijah?" He said, "I am not." Now, Jesus said he was Elijah. John said, "I am not Elijah." But actually, both of them were telling the truth because of how they were applying that. John was saying that, look, my body here, John the Baptist, is not the human body, Elijah. I am not that Elijah. I don't have that body. I have another body. But Jesus was referring to the Spirit. And in fact, that's how it says that Elijah came. He came in the spirit of Elijah. He was the spirit that he came in, not the body that he came in. And so they were both telling the, the truth. When, when John said, I am not Elijah, uh, 
he was talking about the physical body. When Jesus said he is Elijah, he is talking about the spirit of Elijah. And um, uh, <clears throat> in, um, in Mark 9, 12 through 13, uh, the disciple says, why is it that uh, Elijah must come first and must restore all things? Well, if we just real fast skip back to uh, the last book of the Old Testament, to Micah, uh, it's very, very interesting what we will find. In the fourth chapter of Malachi, it says, verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, a person might question if that was ever accomplished or not. You know, did was he able to turn uh, in a short time that he was out ministering and baptizing people? Was he able to actually make that difference? Or was this something that was to be done on the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, I am, of course, knowing and understanding and believing that it was to be fulfilled on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, that, that that could be fulfilled just like uh, with uh, what Moses uh, was there for. So, uh, it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and that violence uh, takes it by force. That's Matthew eleven, twelve. To to better understand this, let us look at Isaiah forty verse three. Turn to Isaiah forty verse three. This is very interesting. Isaiah forty. Verse 3. And here's what it says. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Now, let's get this. Let's say it again. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And the voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? He said, All flesh is grass, and all the good, goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. And... Um, uh, you know, the grass withereth, verse 8. The flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Uh, o Zion, thou bringeth good uh, tidings. Z-I-O-N can also stand for S-I-O-N uh, and can tie in. It doesn't necessarily every time it is spoken, but it all is part of the language of God. And, and it does have a very importance. So now we are seeing that the definite thing that it's talking about the uh, the thing that um, you know that until the kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of you know the, uh, from the days of John the Baptist, uh, or we could say from the days of Elijah, uh, until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Uh, why? Because there was an unfulfilled uh, uh, word of God, and that was that uh, you know uh, uh, every every valley was to be filled. 
and every uh, um, mountain and uh, hill was to be brought low, and every crooked place was to be made straight. And uh, this was read to you in out of Isaiah 43 through 5, and it was verified in 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 the, in the Bible. Uh, you see, uh, so so uh, part of what the job of of Elijah as John the Baptist was was to uh, bring about uh, uh, these mountains, these exalted mountains, to bring them down, and and then to fill in the valleys, the low places, and then to also <clears throat> level out the hills. Submit. <clears throat> So, it's, it's it's all extremely interesting. Um, now, in Matthew eleven eleven, it talks about uh, John the Baptist, and he says he was a higher level uh, than any of Jesus' disciples. Uh, no prophet ever surpassed him. Uh, no prophet formed a succession that led uh, to his appearance. Uh, he he Jesus made it very clear that you know he he was. Uh, above all men born uh, of 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 woman and and now to really understand that and and the meaning of that uh, really takes us into some deep waters and i won't be given all the scriptures but let's just put it this way in in a, s a supposition until maybe next week suppose that people like moses people like ezekiel people like um uh you know jesus um and, and you know that that they were really not from the order here on earth they were from the enoch order that had been taken to the father's house before the covenant of abraham now i'm referring to enoch and those that were taken there abraham um moses of course came after but that he belonged to that dispensation, the Melchizedek dispensation. The Melchizedek disposition, or dispensation, pardon me, um, the Bible says, you know, without, was without beginning or end. It was without any genealogy. It did not have any genealogy that was connected on this earth. It wasn't after the Abrahamic gene genealogy. It was after uh, the e e Enoch genealogy, and, and that was the Melchizedek. Now, when Jesus came, the Bible says that Jesus came after the form of Melchizedek. Now, if we add Moses to that, because the Bible says there's no other man that's so compared to Moses. And Moses, let's face it, <clears throat> he thought not strange. He thought it not strange to talk face to face with God. It's like he had this experience from another life, another world. He thought it not strange. And Ezekiel, <clears throat> he... He was so caught up with the wheels and the middle of the wheels and, and all of the, the cherubim and the seraphim and all the flying ziths and, and, and craft from, from uh, you know, divine space that uh, he obviously was someone very different. Now, people say, hey, it shows right here that he was born on earth and he had a father and a mother. That doesn't mean anything. If people, you know, if Jesus clearly said he was not from this world and yet he was born uh, by the Holy Ghost and, and Mary. Uh, uh, people from the, from the Father's house 
can come down here and take bodies and grow up and go into their ministry. And, and you know, they're, they're of a divine uh, privilege. They're of, of a divine dest- destiny. And um, these people, you know, like Moses, like Ezekiel, uh, <clears throat> you know, Jesus, they're, they're all connected. Elijah, they're all connected to these, to these, you know, the, the angels and the crafts of the, the the flying craft of the angels. They're all connected. It's <clears throat> absolutely incredible connection. And and later we'll see that the sons of thunder, you know, uh, which were the you know the two brothers that went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, we'll show you scripture to show you how that. They are connected. Uh, their very name, Sons of Thunder, actually ties them in uh, t- to the Artursians, which are the which are the children of the Father's house. So uh, it's a, an interesting, strange meeting there that that goes on. And Peter, he was tied into the Sela revelation. You know, Jesus said, "Thy name shall be," you know, Peter, which means stone, which 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 was Petra, which is the Greek word for Sela, uh, city of Sela, uh, and and ties into the incredible revelation, which, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure that on these teachings we'll be able to get into that, but, but uh, that's being made available, of course, in the Peace Bible. So, as we begin to look at this and to see these revelations, we see that, you know, when it says that as far as, uh, pardon me, as far as um, John is concerned, there's no one on earth. The people that are born on earth, they're they're not in the same level. And so none of them are going to compare. But if you were to compare any of these people of the Father's house to people in the first domain, which is the heaven heavens, well, then they would be of least count. They couldn't compare to them because they're in a perfect state. So they would not be compared to the to the heaven of heavens, but universal heavens. That's a different story. And the difference between the earth realm and the Father's house realm, which is still in a is a physical uh, revelation. I go away to prepare a place for you. You don't do any preparation of anything like that in the first domain. It's absolutely perfect and can never be changed. Um, but in the physical universe, yes. You do. You do those things. So, as we, as we meditate, as we think about this glow on the face of Moses, this Z-ray, as we begin to understand this revelation about <clears throat> filling the valleys, there was something on the mount that Elijah was to do. And he was going to do this. And so was Moses going to do what he had to do by their transassimilating to Jesus Christ, taking their glory and transassimilating their glory into the glory of Jesus Christ. And and that by this transassimilation, which is a a a, a progressive type of, of resurrection, um, they would they would they would be transfigured and they would be transferred of their spirit into the spirit of Jesus Christ. Uh, that doesn't mean that they would still not have individual personification. Yes, they would. But they would have a connectedness uh, that they would be living by the testament and by the lifeblood 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was all accomplished on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, in the power of resurrection so that all of these things which were long uh, spoken of and long uh, broadcasted in the Old uh, Testament, uh, scripture after scripture, book after book uh, of things that were to happen, things that were to come to pass. Moses to be gathered to his people uh, hadn't happened, but how was he going to be gathered? Well, it was going to be the fulfillment of this transassimilation. And and then through Jesus Christ, how that all the people would then be able to be uh, gathered unto Jesus Christ as as a, as one body, as as a bride of Jesus Christ. Therefore, incorporating you know all of the the things that were to be fulfilled by John the Baptist, the Elijah, and by Moses uh, and, and his great ministry, and and it was <clears throat> all being prepared to go up onto the mount and to be fulfilled uh, by those incredible uh, re- redeeming things. And uh, it's, it's nothing but excitement and joy and glory. Blessed be the name of God. Uh, John the Baptist is Elijah, Matthew eleven thirteen through 15. Clearly said he is Elijah. And, uh, you know, if we had the time, we'd go back over Matthew 17, 1 through 9, on the transfiguration, and and what happened there. But I think we've uh, come to the to the end of uh, our teaching for the day, and uh, we'll be. This is a series, and we are not finished. We still have um, uh, things that I didn't have time to get into, <clears throat> like the crystal lattice of when Moses and and Jesus were standing on the the sea of crystal and the meaning of all of that how that the lattices were to come together the lattice of Jesus Christ and the lattices of the glory of Moses all becoming crystalline and tied together so that they were both standing individually and yet both standing together in the oneness of that of that lattice no wonder that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a net because that net is very likened into a lattice. And so these things are being fulfilled. And it's like when the the priest came to Josiah and he says, look what I have found. I have found a lost book of Moses. And Josiah, I'm sure, looked at him and said, you found it? Oh my God! It was an incredible thing. A lost book of Moses. This was a lot of generations past the time of Moses. Well, God is doing that same thing today. Through the Akal revelation, through the revelation of the Holy Manifest, God is opening up the Word. He's splitting the atoms into flames of divided fires. He's causing minds to become alert in a way they have never been alert to the word before. There is a sensation that is rising and preparing itself in the form of the resurrection, in the form of the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. Thank you, Lord Jesus, on this Easter day. Yes, you are the resurrection. You are the life. And everything that was to happen there with John and Peter and 
with Moses and Elijah happened on that mount. And we will be back next week to get into more tracks to bring you more revelation on the Mount of Transfiguration. May God bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you. Now we're going to get into the Gentile revelation, Gentile prayer. And uh, what I want to work on today is a nervous system. So bear with me for a moment here as I organize myself. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. <clears throat> Behind the solar plexus of every human being, there's massive nerves. And you hear people frequently say, I, I'm so nervous, I'm just so nervous. The whole world is in a struggle with their nerves and, and the stresses that affect their nerves. That's why it was so important when I said this thing about not getting into the into this thing where you are caught up with the problems of society and the fear of society. You know, we want to we want to deal with you people who are having your neurological symptoms that these stress things are affecting how you have faith, how you deal with life, what your relativeness to family is and is not because of the stress that abides with you and in you and around you. The left hemisphere of your brain is a stress center. And we want to go into that today and create anti-stress hormones that will knock down any stress hormones that might arise. We want to go to the hormone uh, system and give it instructions to loosen in your body the stress that would steal from you your peace, that would keep you connected to the strivings of the people. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus to the thyroid. Begin to send messages over the neural networks of the, of the brain. Send it to all of the different hemispheres especially deal with the left hemisphere. Begin to send messages in there to create anti-stress hormones, to be used to eradicate any stress hormones that might arise. That this would be operative in the body for the next 90 days. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid. Send messages to the the basal ganglia, the, the various parts of the body. 
that are allowing the vibrations of this stress to affect the adrenaline system. Send relief into the body of endorphins and dienorphine and serotonin according to the proper regulating hormone amount of factors that the regulating hormones can conduct. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid. To the immune system. To strengthen the whole body. To be able to resist the complexes that are caused by stress and strivings. To resist it and to overcome it. Blessed be the name of God. God bless all of you on this great Easter. We do love you. There's great many things. But would you check out, if you get an opportunity, on the Manifestor page of the blogs on Manifestor.com. Look at Introduction. Look at Introduction. There's some new information on that that's at the top of the of the page there next to home. And read what that says about what the name Manifestor means. God bless you. Until then, God bless.